Well, 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 friends, what's going on? It's your boys, Sanchez and Cedric, and we are back together, sitting on these comfortable couches. Amen. Ready to just, just have a conversation. Amen. It feels so good. Hallelujah. I feel, I feel the presence. Hallelujah to the couches. That's right. Mm. That's right. That's my, right. My back appreciates it. That's my back right. and my backside. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. I'm so my for inner Francine, those in the family will know what I mean. That's hilarious. <laughs> so for those of you who are new to our podcast, uh, let me give you a little backstory. My mom's name is Francine. Nice. <laughs> nice. So here, here's the backstory. So Cedric and I, uh, we met. I don't know, four or five years ago. 2016. 2016 at a symposium that we were both speaking at and, and just hit it off. And then two years later, we, we would find ourselves both unemployed mm. um, for reasons that we've already disclosed. <laughs> we <laughs> Which, might disclose them again, but not yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, not today. But it led to us doing this podcast and sharing our experiences um, of being the tokens, being the articulate black men mm. um, in uh, majority white spaces, but um, quickly realizing, you know, who we are and, and what we're, what our calling is in mm-hmm. life. And so we, uh, in 2019, probably started to pivot. 2018. Was it 2018? Yeah. It was November 2018. Yeah. Yeah. November 2018, and then we just started podcasting. Because we had a lot of time on our hands. We had a lot of time on our hands. Unemployment, how long? 22 months for me. 22 months for said, I think 11 months for me, mm-hmm. and a back injury, and a newborn kid, and no job. Mm. <laughs> so I was definitely a dad, dad, wife, dad, mom, and uh, enjoyed every minute. But it also you know, just brought a lot of healing. It, it built a brotherhood and friendship. And it led us down this road of uh, anti-racism and yeah. dismantling white supremacy. And um, and my culinary yeah. skills increased greatly during mm-hmm. that time as well, which those of you who started following me on Instagram, you know, because of Token Confessions, yep. are discovering. He doesn't post a lot of anti-racism stuff on his IG, but man, he be posting the food porn. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it. Also, I learned how to bake bread. Cedric Cedric gave me some tips, and That's right. we just picked up new hobbies. We both got into smoking. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! Food. Wait a minute. Oh, food, 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 Wait, food. What? Food. Smoking food. Yes, yes. Um, uh, which has become See where a love my mind and went. I went straight <laughs> to the sticky icky. <laughs> yeah, straight man. Straight to the sticky icky. But yes. Yeah, you and got so, your Traeger. I got my uh, yeah. Kamado Joe, and I got a green egg. Yeah, that's right. Got a green egg and a Traeger, Mm -hmm. and he got a Kamado Joe. And so, so yeah, that's kind of where we've been. And and over the last couple of months, we've tried to resist the um, podcast burnout. So we we also have personal lives and jobs um, that have to Mm -hmm. pay the bills. And um, so we're we're back. We're back. We're we're trying to be more consistent for a little bit. We've Mm -hmm. got some things in the works that we, we hope we get to share soon. So... Um, make sure you are subscribed um, to this podcast. Yo, and, and leave a review. Leave we a review. We ain't got a review since last June. We, we need, need a, We need some more reviews. We need it. We need your voices. Also, um, I want to shout out to our new Patreons. I had your names written down, but I'm sitting on the couch, and yeah. it's it's somewhere else. So 
Shout out to our new Patreons. Thank you guys for your support. You all for your support. Yes, And yes. Um, if you haven't become a Patreon, uh, man, join the family. Join the family. Um, support this, this podcast. Um, but without further ado, Sid, what are we talking about today? Yo, so... Man, that was just total brain fart. Where do I begin? So, so we I'm had a preaching this weekend. Yeah, we had a conversation. I'm preaching. I this preached weekend. this past weekend. You're yeah. preaching this weekend. So and we're, we're swapping information. Yes. So my, the church that I am a teaching pastor at right now, we're in this series called um, the Hero's Journey. Yeah. Or it might not be called the Hero's Journey, but basically that's the theme that we're working for them. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with the Hero's Journey, um, explicitly. Basically, it's described as this. The hero's journey is a narrative pattern first identified by mythologist Joseph Campbell in his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Campbell identified a universal motif of adventure and transformation that runs through virtually all of the world's mythic traditions. That motif revolves around three basic movements. Within that framework are specific movements which typically cast a hero or adventurer who is called to a task greater than themselves, plunged into a crisis, transformed by the journey, and returned to normal life with knowledge, wisdom, and or power from said journey. So personally, that, re, that, that resonates with me because I'm a huge fan of Star Wars, Lord of the yeah. Rings, Harry Potter, most any Disney animated movie of the last 20 years, Pixar stuff, um, gosh. Can we, can we just break the stigma? Hmm. Black people can like Star Wars, Harry Potter, well, and Lord of the been, Rings. We've been unlike all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If y'all don't know, you man, know. y'all got a lot Some of us were closed-minded and sheltered, but have changed and morphed over the yeah, last couple years. Yeah, I entered the years. world of whiteness before you. We all know that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 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 So I mean it 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 this hero's journey informs a lot of these they either inform a lot of these stories that we're familiar with and or they are a lens through which you can understand dissect yeah some of the themes that are going on some of the movements in the story. So George Lucas actually really consulted jo uh, Joseph Campbell as he was writing the original trilogy. Uh, you can see this motif in The Matrix. It's very clear um, in The Matrix. So the first week was kind of the overview of the hero's journey. Yeah. Second week was the first of the the stages, the call to adventure. So the first the first stage within the first of the three movements mm -hmm. are. Um, is, is the call to adventure. So I am going to be tackling the second stage within that first movement, which is um, the refusal of the call. But just to, to give you quickly this 12 different stages of the hero's journey, there is the ordinary world. So basically their origin, where they mm -hmm. start off, right? Yep. Bilbo starts off in Hobbiton, he's happy, everything's peaceful, yep. he's got no problems. Same yep. thing with, with, with Frodo. Luke is on Tatooine, just living yep. with his uncle, and everything's gravy. Yep. 
you know. Katniss is in District 12. 12, you know, hungry. Yeah, but, hungry, you know, starving. She's, she's living, she's surviving. Yep. Um, and then the second stage is call to adventure, then refusal of the call, meeting of the mentor is number four. So in Lord of the Rings, this is whenever Gandalf steps onto the scene. Gandalf is quite obviously the mentor. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi in, um, in uh, <laughs> Star Wars. It is, I, I would say in the Avengers in the MCU, it is more than likely in a lot of cases, or for the entire MCU, it is, um, oh gosh, look at me. I'm supposed to be an expert on this stuff, and I'm just- The Avengers, come on. Nick Fury. There we go. Right, he's a mentor figure, but so is in Iron Man, the guy that he meets in the cave. Yep. Right, when he first gets that call to adventure, initially just that call to escape, yeah. you know, to survive. Yeah. Um, so you know, you have all these different. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. This 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 whole cycle is going to make me go rewatch everything oh. with a completely different lens, right. which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll get to my my uh, my climax of why we should be examining patterns. In yes. Yes. That's so good. So then there's the crossing the threshold. When you've entered into this, this, this not you've left the ordinary world and you've gone into this world behind the scenes. So in Harry Potter, it's when he leaves number four Privet Drive and goes to Diagon Alley and enters into the magical world, which is climax or culminated in his first time arriving hmm. at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's tests, allies, and enemies. So that's when, for example, when Harry first meets Draco for the first time, it's very clear that this person, at the very least, is going to be an adversary. Mm. Uh, you, you can think of just various different moments where someone meets uh, their, their enemy or the person that they're up against in their quest, in yeah. their journey uh, for the first time. Um, the... The seventh stage is approach the innermost cave. So that's when they are really into the, the okay, I, I almost find it easier to use examples than try to explain yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, because some of this is new to me. Like, I'm literally processing as I prepare for Sunday. Yeah. Um, and, and granted, I only have to talk about the second phase which is refuse uh the third phase which is refuse of the refusal of the call uh but when i think of approach the innermost cave that is empire strikes back Mm. that's when luke is on dagobah he goes into the cave and has to face this embodiment of his of his father of darth vader which of course Mm. he doesn't know is his father yet but obviously Mm. that is a precursor to his first uh, head-to-head matchup with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Darth Vader, which in a lot of ways is um, where you hit the the eighth stage, which is the ordeal, um, parenthetically, death and rebirth. So this mm-hmm. is the death and resurrection um, kind of moment for the hero where they hit absolute rock bottom and mm-hmm. they have to uh, be reborn in such a way to make it to uh, the next stage. So there's the reward or the seizing, seizing the force. There is the road back to the ordinary world, the resurrection, 
and then the return with the elixir is the final, 12th and final stage. Yeah. Right? So here I am preparing to preach this message, and I'm looking at both the big theme, but then also the specific stage that I'm supposed to be focusing on, which Mm -hmm. is uh, refusal of the call. So that's when Luke... Initially, when he meets Obi-Wan Kenobi and they come back to his uncle's home to find that the the stormtroopers in searching for these droids have murdered his family, or it's actually before that, Mm. when they're first in Obi-Wan's house and he's saying, hey, you need to come with me to Alderaan after they view the message from Princess Leia. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I got too many things to do and, you know, the harvest and da-da-da-da-da. And, of course, Obi-Wan sounds like that's your uncle talking, right? It's it's yeah. it's it's that it's Harry not believing he has what it takes to actually be a true wizard. Mm. It's Neo when he first meets uh, the Oracle yeah. and says he doesn't believe that he's actually the one. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's that's the the that's refusal good. of of the call. So that's the week that I'm working on. That's good. But as I was thinking about this. I I try to be very inclusive or as inclusive as I can be, in particular as a cisgender male preaching. Um, Now, fortunately, in the church that I'm a teaching pastor at, we have two female voices on our six-person preaching team. Mm. Um, In fact, one of them started off this this series that we're on. But still, I feel like I can speak into some of those things, even as a a guy— just acknowledge their presence, not try to speak for them, but acknowledge that there's this other experience and perspective that's different than mine. And sharing this with Emma um, and just saying how we were having a really hard time trying to figure out how someone like Katniss fits neatly into this because within the first 10 minutes of the first Hunger Games... Yep. Not only is there not a refusal of the call, but she jumps into action yeah. as soon as her sister ends yep. up being chosen yep. in the reaping. She's, I mean, I volunteer. Yep. I, I, I volunteer yep. tribute, right? Yep. So there's clearly no refusal of the call there. And then just thinking about other movies, in particular, a lot of the Disney princesses, there is no refusal of the call. Mulan can't go on the adventure fast enough. If anything, other people are trying to refuse the call for them. What's What's your interpretation of why? As to why Well, that is? I mean, that gets to where I'm going with this. So we start to wonder, how do women fit into this? My wife Googles, mm-hmm. and what does she find? She finds the heroine's journey, which is slightly different mm-hmm. than the hero's journey. This woman scholar, uh, Dr. Maureen Murdoch, who was intrigued by Joseph Campbell, but he, he he had some problematic views when it came to women. Yeah, no doubt. Basically saying that, well, yeah, basically, of course they're not heroes. You know, they, they, they have this completely different role. Now I'm paraphrasing, in essence, what what he said, but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't far off. In fact, oh, I think I have the quote uh, right here. Um, nope. 
check that. I don't. Oh, wait a minute. Haha, here we go. The hero's journey is a search for one's soul and is chronicled in mythologies and fairy tales throughout the world. This quest motif does not, however, address the archetypal journey of the heroine. For contemporary women, this involves the healing of the wounding of the feminine that exists deep within mm. her and the culture. So she wrote this book in 1990, The Heroine's Journey, Women's Quest for Wholeness, mm -hmm. as a response to Joseph Campbell's model. Mm -hmm. And yeah, here's what, what Campbell's response to her model was. <laughs> ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> Women don't need to make the journey. Ooh. In the whole mythological tradition, the woman is there. All she has to do is realize that she's the place that people are trying to get to. That may be true mythologically as the hero or heroine seeks illumination, but psychologically the journey of the contemporary heroine involves different stages. Mm. And in essence, and I'm skipping to answer your question, the last stage within the heroine's journey, instead of bringing the elixir for everyone else, so mm -hmm. to speak, it is the integration of masculine and feminine. Mm. Right? Because... Jumping back to the beginning, the heroine's journey, the first stage is separation yeah. from the feminine. Yeah. So we see that vividly yeah. with Katniss in that the opening scene. What is she doing? Working, hunting. <coughs> right. Protecting her family. Protecting she, her family. She, the dad was gone, died, and she had to step in and fill the role. Right. Fill the void. Right. In Brave, the opening scene that we get is this picnic with her family where her mom and her dad are there, and her dad gives her a bow. Mm -hmm. And what does her mom say? Oh, she's a lady. And he's like, oh, come on. She can learn how to do, right? It's the beginning of yeah. her separation from the feminine that when they fast forward to the present in yeah. that timeline, she's fully embraced the, the quote, masculine yeah. construct. My mind instantly went to Moana. Perfect I, I example. Mean, I, we read that book. Julian loves that book, and and that's that's a prime example. <laughs> right. Uh, wow. Yeah. Right. So her dad, Moana's dad, says, "Hey, stay here. You need to be the chief. You yep. need to take care of yep. right mm -hmm. the village." Mm -hmm. Where she's like, "There is a bigger force at play here that needs to be conquered for the survival of our village, of our island, and I am going to go." on the quest, I feel this supernatural calling mm -hmm. to go on this quest. And again, to my point, it's her father who is trying yep. to refuse the call for her. Yep. So looking at that, mo that these moments in these stories and these mythologies and these fairy tales that I personally have always enjoyed and appreciated, yep. I had this awareness of how women didn't fit neatly into the hero's journey that Joseph Campbell presents. So continuing, separation from the feminine, then it goes to identification with the masculine and gathering of allies. Mm. So for Katniss, mm -hmm. that's initially meeting Peta, yeah. meeting uh, Senna, uh, Hamish is her mentor. He's yeah. her Gandalf, albeit a drunk one. Yeah, I'm <laughs> right. here for it. Right. 
and you know, of course making an ally in Rue, trying yeah. to yeah. gain the favor of sponsors yeah. and the people who are going to be watching the Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, While still having to, even as she's introducing herself, playing down the feminine soft side. Right. Like when she goes to the Capitol, you know, and mm-hmm. she she's the girl on fire. Right. Um, and it's, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or when she shoots the arrow into the apple. Right. While, with all the men in the room. Right. But yeah. that's, I mean, those are two very vivid mm-hmm. images illustrating yeah. that movement, mm-hmm. right? Because, I mean, we watched the beginning of Hunger Games last night, and there is nothing about the costume beyond the fire that accentuated her feminineness in any way except no. for maybe the headpiece. Yeah. That was yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Um, so, you know, moving forward, it says uh, Road of Trials, uh, meeting ogres and dragons. So mm-hmm. meeting whatever trials, obstacles, or your ultimate enemy on, mm-hmm. on the way. Maui. Right. Uh, Tapiti. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, finding the boon of success. Mm. I mean, Katniss wins the first Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Heck, mm-hmm. she even, you know, almost wins the second one. Mm-hmm. But instead... Um, awakening to feelings of spiritual aridity and mm. death. Mm. Right? Um, then initiation and descent to the goddess. Mm. Then it moves to urgent yearning to reconnect with the feminine. Then the healing, the mother daughter split, which is literally brave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. That they they're trying to 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 mend the bond that was torn, which yeah. of course she interprets as the tapestry that yeah. she cut with her blade, yeah. when it actually was the literal split between her and her mother. And that's the narrative of Cagnus and uh, Peta's relationship. Yeah, until the very end when they're married with two kids. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which that song, by the way, is, is right. absolutely gorgeous. Which, incredible. to your point, perfect segue. Yeah. The next stage after the healing mother-daughter split, healing the wounded masculine. Mm. Is that not PETA to a T? Wow. I didn't even know. <laughs> this is me here. Literally, I'm hearing this for the first time, and we're processing this together <laughs> right which i'm sure many of you are sitting here thinking okay what does that just got to do with token confessions a lot it's coming it's yeah. coming and then after healing the wounded the ma- uh, healing the wounded masculine it reaches the final stage which is the integration of masculine and feminine mm. so the heroine doesn't have to quote choose between masculine and feminine she doesn't have to make this binary choice mm-hmm. she can embody both mm. And that's where the heroine lands. Yeah. And she's fully embraced, fully accepted, but more importantly, she fully embraces and accepts herself. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's the end of Hunger Games, right. essentially. Right. Da, da, da. <laughs> oh, man, that song at the end, the, uh-huh. the, the, the poetry, the, the music, oh, my gosh. Right. Man, I, I literally, when I finished it a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I literally listened to that song, I'm, I'm telling you, probably over 100 times. Just the words, the mm-hmm. musical, like the climax, right? Like right. the epic, perfect ending of a person who is having to redefine a normal based on the trauma right? that they did not wish upon themselves mm-hmm. and having to fall prey to this cycle and then having to literally ponder, 
man, what do I need to do to not have to go through that second one? Right, because as much as snow is the initial enemy, so is um, the character played by Julianne Moore in the movie who's like the leader of the resistance. Yeah. And Katniss coming to the realization that she's just as bad. Yeah. Which On the opposite end of the spectrum. Right, but basically unquote, embodying supposedly. that same, quote, masculine that same, energy yep. that Snow yep. has. Yeah. She's just... She's basically what Katniss would become if she fought, no pun intended, fire with fire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely. And that's the that's the tra- like that's the trap, right? Like that's oh, that's the trap I see, and that's the patterns that I think we're we're hitting on tonight. Right, right. Is that that you do see this cycle um, play out between you know people and individuals in general and it, it can lead you, but the destination, the final destination can can put you in very different places. Right. As we're seeing. Right. 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 And and my thing is, you know, in my life, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to end up back where I started. Right. Which is or 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 because I'm hurt by the the opposite President Snow, I'm just gonna go to the complete opposite and end up fighting fire with fire and and being just as evil. Right. Yeah, that's right. so good. Again. Perfect segue, because so here's good. where I found myself. Because one of there's a couple of things I try to do anytime I preach. Um, and side note, this these patterns, you could literally use this to analyze and, and analyze scripture. Right, because it's the same. It's the same. A lot of them are mytholo- mythological yes. stories. Yes. I mean. Noah, I mean, sorry, not Noah, Moses. Right. Right. I mean, I'm doing refusal of the call. His refusal of the call is initially when he kills the Egyptian and then flees and hides for 40 years. And then even when he encounters the burning bush, it's like, well, Lord, I can't do this and I can't do that. Send someone else. Don't send me. Yes. 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 I so badly wanted to preach on the book of Exodus and and Moses. Oh, yeah. Because it it is, but a part of that message that's been inside of me for the last year and a half is not only the trust issues and the identity issues, mm-hmm. but it is that refusal of the call right. and leading from your place of insecurity mm-hmm. um, and and seeking holistic restoration. Yeah, Because at the end of the story of Moses, mm-hmm. he dies off and everybody dies. <laughs> and then Joshua takes up the mantle. Like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm correct. Nobody makes it to the promised land. The well, not that, gen- not, not, Moses not that generation. Not yeah, Moses' yeah, yeah, generation, yeah, yeah. particularly. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this is so good. This is so good. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. So I found, so one thing I try to do is I I try to work in um, scripture. Yeah. Now, that might sound funny to some, but the church that I'm a teaching pastor at is a fairly progressive one that's done a lot of deconstruction, reconstruction work. And one of the things that I think anyone who's on that reconstruction, deconstruction, reconstruction journey has found that one of the things that you absolutely end up deconstructing and is oftentimes really difficult to reconstruct is your view of Scripture. Yeah, yeah. So personally, that hasn't been a huge struggle for me. But I know for a lot of people, it's a big, big struggle. So, you know, I'm going to draw on some Scripture narratives, um, but I also tend to, I can't help it, pull in pop culture references or movies, music, whatever, to illustrate a point or make a side joke, but that also helps drive the point home. But then I also um, will present or share my own journey 
and be mutually vulnerable, how yeah. I've experienced this or more specifically how I am currently experiencing this. If I, yeah. if I can, I don't, I try not to present myself as the one who has quote arrived yeah. and the audience needs to get to the place that I have, you know, already achieved. Right. Right. Yeah. So as I'm looking at the hero's journey, I'm trying to think about how my own life, how my own journey fits into the themes of the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. What are you finding? What I'm finding is when I pulled up the heroine's journey, I connected and resonated with that one more than the hero's journey. And here's why. Mm -hmm. Same. I don't think it's same, a mistake. Same based on what I've heard. Right. But we're also both black men. Right. But it, well, And there it is. Because I can remember when John Eldridge was huge in white evangelical circles. Hmm. It just never hit for me. Yeah. Because he's big into the mythologies and the four-part story of creation, fall, redemption, recreation. Mm -hmm. And he drew on a lot of pop culture mythologies to drive that point home. But then, of course, there was Wild at Heart, which was just like all about guys being the hero and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And as a black male, particularly a black male in mostly white spaces... I'm not the hero. Yeah. I'm not the one chosen yeah. to be the hero. Yeah. I'm dark, but I ain't tall. Yeah. And I ain't the kind of dark and handsome that quote the the damsel in distress is ever looking for, not to mention the fact that I had a very like strong female presence in my house that yep. I didn't think Same. of women as being these damsels in distress Same. that needed saving. Yep. So that stuff just never really truly resonated with yep. me. And Same. still to this day doesn't. Someone like mentions the book Wild at Heart, no offense to John Eldridge, but I almost throw up in my mouth. Yeah. There are a lot of books that people mention on my house. Oh, I'm just yeah. like... No. And then you factor in the toxicity of purity culture. Well. And, and misogyny bro. and homophobia right. and all of these... We ain't got time for all that. <laughs> but <laughs> what I did find is that, again, I resonated with the heroine's journey. Mm. Because as look, women are a minority yeah. in a patriarchal world, they are not, quote, in the construct, I shouldn't even say quote, they are not in the construct yeah. of patriarchy meant to be the hero. Right. Right? It's like what Joseph Campbell himself said, oh, they're already there. They're at the end goal. Mm. Right? They're the one that the hero, quote, rescues or returns home to. Yeah. I had a question I was going to text you and Ray, but I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. Okay. Considering the facts of this hero complex, mm -hmm. considering the this argument between complementarian and egalitarian, oh gosh. you know I've been ignoring them. them they're, they're I I know, but my, what hit me today after I left the gym was: Can a complementarian not be misogynistic? Are there complementarians that are not misogynistic and that don't fall? 
prey to that ideology of, you know, women have their place at the end of the story, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to chase and pursue. Yeah. You know, it, I like to try to be generous, but no. I, 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 the answer, the conclusion the, I came up to was right. No, like just because it isn't violent doesn't mean it's not misogynistic. Correct, correct. Because objectification is something that is has been passed now for generations. Right. They're still objectifying women. Right. In the quote most, yeah, polite or passive way yeah. possible. So how do, how, how do roles play in this, right? What? So because I think a part of this cycle that we're talking about is, is, is not only should we redefine roles, but, but it is the, the, the oppression of how we have defined roles right. and racialized identity and right. sexuality. But see, that's, that's the thing. And so like for me, and I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but as I started looking at these stages... As I started looking at these stages, I started substituting words. Mm. So instead of separation from the feminine, separation from blackness. Mm. Instead mm. of identification with the masculine and oh, gathering of allies, it's identification with whiteness. Token confessions. And gathering or being assimilated, assimilated into white spaces. Yeah, giving permission to appropriate and acculturate my my, right. my being and my talents. Right. Road of trials, meeting ogres and dragons, having to deal with microaggressions, yes. passive yes. <laughs> racism. Absolutes. <laughs> right. Being this black face in a white space, having to navigate all of that implicit. Cedric is on fire. The fire department <laughs> is on its way because he is dropping bars. It's he not is the spitting cops. fire. It's the fire department. It's the fire department. It's y'all. literally the fire department. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that it, having to deal with people's implicit subconscious. Racial bias constantly. That we don't want to put measurables on. Right. Because you can't quantify that. Right. Oh, man, look at me into that. But as you're navigating that, right, here it is. And this one, you don't even have to change. Finding the boon of success, Mm. a.k.a. being the, quote, respectable Negro. Yeah. Right? He's black, but not really. Yeah. Next one. Awakening to feelings of spiritual aridity or death. Basically finding yourself in this place where you're just absolutely worn out and exhausted having to basically be this person. Token burnout. Right. To to be embraced and accepted, not making Waves, not upsetting the apple cart, Mm -hmm. maintaining the comfort of white people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, putting your your emotional health at the expenses at the expense of white people's progression. Right. So, which is very toxic, right, and very dangerous. So for me, that stage was probably literally the beginnings of it was Trayvon Martin. Yeah. But by 2014, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It it had hit 
Yeah. It's peak. Yeah, that's so good. All right. Next stage, initiation and descent to the goddess or initiation, descent to your blackness and your yeah. spirit, your, your cultural divinity. Yeah. Getting in touch and starting to discover who you this are. rich tradition, but not just who we are, like this rich tradition of black culture. Yes. What it really actually truly means to be black, to yes. be one of these people who are the ancestors or who their ancestry, their heritage is surviving and thriving and flourishing in the midst of oppression. Yes. Of, yes. of, of genocide, of slavery. Yes. Of creating something, creating yeah. specifically blackness yeah. from literal erasure of your humanity, yeah. your ethnicity, and your culture. Yes. Language. Right. <laughs> Initiation and descent and descent to blackness. Yes. Um, next stage. Urgent yearning to reconnect with the feminine. Urgent yearning to reconnect with your blackness. Yes. Reconnect with your people. Yep. Stage four. Racialized right. identity. Yep. Right. Healing the mother-daughter split. Healing that sense that I have betrayed in some ways. Mike, yep. And by being a token yep. that I am even have been complicit Yep. And white supremacy. Yep. Recognizing my yes. own yes. black self-hate yep. and yep. how it was directed at yep. other people. Yep, thus like, our podcast early on. Thus our podcast early yep. on. But yep. even me getting to that point where, like I mentioned the other week, we were in Freedom Park with our street leaders mm -hmm. and finally not even feeling the need to police their blackness in that space. Mm. Mm, that was a point of freedom. That that was that was a recognition that I had I definitely come a long way. Yes. Right? Yes, yes, because so I policed my own blackness yep. in white spaces, but I got so good at it I didn't even have to think about it. Yes. But yes. when other black people came along, yes, I'm like, don't screw it up. Yeah. Don't, don't go yep. messing it up. Don't mess it up for everybody. Because you on your own. I can't yep. help you. Yeah, man. Right? Yeah, that's so good. I'm not like them. Yeah, so good. I'm just me. I'm Cedric. Cedric. Right? So good. I'm, so I'm good. OJ. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm black. Not I'm black OJ. OJ. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, then so healing the wounded masculine. Healing, you know, the, the wounded, the wound that we've caused to ourselves. Yeah. Forgiving my past self, not, um, quote, <laughs> canceling myself for the ways that I've yeah. played into the lies of white supremacy that yeah. it's taught me about myself and other people of yeah. color. And, and on that note, like a part of this is there is a self like like we we have to take personal ownership and and responsibility. But there's also. When, this is what I mean when I say th that's the cost of naivety mm -hmm. and oblivion. Yeah, is because <laughs> when you when you go into these spaces with colorblind rhetoric, and um, again, I'm reminded of like you don't you just don't rem you don't know the damage that you you're doing because you don't know what you don't know. Right, and you have this perspective that whether your family taught you, your environment taught you how to view things, but you know 
there is that weight of self-responsibility and nobody's devoid of that, but there's also like, this is the cost and the weight and how expensive naivety is. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say it's, it's equally as expensive uh, as pride. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's so innocent, it's so pure, it's so like, so like just, I mean, it's like two, my two little boys, right? Mm-hmm. But man, it, I would say that's where your trauma and grief is coming is how could I be so naive? Well, for me, I'll speak for me. Yeah, yeah. Mine was like, how could I be so naive? How could I be so heavenly minded that I was no earth, like not earthly aware? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and then the self-deprecation, which again is a part of the cycle of, of healing and right. getting back to full but restoration. See, that proximity to power is a powerful drug. Absolutely. And again, look at the mythologies. Yeah. Who wants the, to stay oppressed, right? But, but, that, but, that was my mindset. But, like, But bring it back to the mythologies. Yes, okay. The emperor yep. doesn't want to kill Luke. He wants Luke to join him. Yes. Yes. Join me yes. or die. Yes. Katniss, you would, be, you would be basically the queen of the capital. Yep. You, you could have it all. San, have Sanchez, it all. Like, like, if you just keep your mouth shut... And just not say certain things and not post certain things on social media. Like, Sanchez, you could have the keys to this kingdom. Mm-hmm. Making a lot of money. Like, and we talked about this with Adam Thomason. Like, the keys are there. Oh, yeah. And it's so easy. And there are people capitalizing on that. Especially right now with racial climates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but man, like, and, and, and yeah. So anyways. Yeah. yeah. And then the conclusion. The conclusion is the integration of masculine and feminine. So in our journey uh-huh. as tokens, it's from, and I'm pro- again, processing this out loud. Could it be that it's the integration of our fully black selves back into the ordinary world? Mm. Bringing our full black selves before the the world that we quote left when we went on this journey, I don't know, but I don't know if we're back at the same starting place. We're not the same, right? Because Frodo, yeah, right, he returns to Hobbiton, yeah. but he's not the same. Yeah. None yeah. of the four Hobbits yeah. are. Yeah, and here's the thing, we kind of have that experience by proxy through social media Uh right we got people that now that we've quote returned before them through that format they don't know what to do with us right which which which, we're different now which makes it really hard to reintegrate into a society that you have either outgrown or you're so you're, who you are at the core, right? Even though you're living from your blackness, that blackness is just re, it's redefined, right? In a way to where, like, now on the opposite end, you could you could not be restored, and you you fight fire with fire, and you know, the, white people are just white devils, mm-hmm. and you, you get the Doctor Umar, <laughs> right? Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, but 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 the, but. On the side of healing and that restoration, you know, with Katniss and Peta finally, you know, being able to live out their love and build a family, um, notice that in that scene, they were alone. Right. See, I was about to make an illustration from 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but you haven't watched it yet. Well, I've so seen it all episodes except the new one. Except the last one? The last one. And then, yeah, that's what I'd be ruining. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I actually, I meant to watch it today. I'm going to watch it. I'm probably going to watch it Friday Word. on my uh, drive to uh, Knoxville in my, in my Tesla. In my, in my Tesla? There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'll just touch the steering wheel every once in a while. There you go. Yeah. There you, you go. You know those cars are designed to do that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's hilarious. One of the bad boys crashed recently uh, out there in Texas. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I yeah. I'm you still a firm that. believer in it. And, and it's inevitable. Look, so. my hands would be on the wheel. I'm driving the car. Yeah. And it's a fast car. But anyways. Look, all I know is this. Every time they make these things that are supposed to see people, what's the one thing they don't see? people really remember when they had the xbox that had the bar that was supposed to detect your motion and it wasn't picking yes, up black folks yes eh. kodak yes. camera the colors were made yes. for white people so black people look yes. dark as hell <laughs> yes right yes yes man so yeah. until they work out them kinks yeah no doubt no sir <laughs> and i'm gonna look twice when i'm crossing the street <laughs> If I see a Tesla coming, I'm going back inside because that thing ain't going to see me. It ain't going to see me. Yeah, I'm man. not taking That's my chances. Hilarious. That's hilarious. Nope. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Now, let me, this is Let so me good. see a picture of the engineer team. If they all white, then yeah. I'm all right. I know. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, but but to, to the point of this podcast and, 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 and the thing, you know, kind of, a, you know, going back to a comment I made earlier, like, we have to understand that life is full of patterns. And like, this is why I have become a proponent of sociology and studying mm-hmm. patterns in human behavior. And, and I'm not claiming to be an expert. I'm claiming to be a student. Sounds like CRT. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And, not the yeah. demonized version, but. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. But it, it helps us to see things. It helps us to 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 for me like it's helped me to um approach situations uh less offended and less less defensive mm-hmm. because i i can recognize where people are and i can discern by my understanding and knowledge of the enneagram discern spirits and be able to somewhat navigate these spaces but um but i i do think once you've gone through that cycle like how do you not get back on it that that's the biggest thing for me is like once like for me I like I feel like I'm at the end of the mm-hmm. the, 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 the the cycle yeah and I'm like you know I'm I'm in the fields and I'm looking like man I'm about to rebuild a family reestablish who I am like I've drawn my line in the sand I've fought my fight I've dealt with the trauma I've healed and I'm healing and growing and and I'm not going back yeah and I'm not going back and that's the place that I long for folks to like get to yeah that's the liberation but but you can't get to that ending without going through the process yeah well and you know it's like the process is unavoidable right but see this is what they're currently doing at the witness Mm -hmm. right with the leave leave loud wink wink there they are calling people to make this journey they're calling specifically people of color to be courageous enough to make this journey and unfortunately many of them are refusing the call. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. For stage three. Right. But it's fear. Yep. 
it's securing the bag security yeah or the lack thereof you've built a lifestyle that you're used to and you don't want to compromise it mm-hmm. you don't want to jeopardize it you fear that you won't be able to have those opportunities and tyler says something really profound about like like this idea of ch- like for black leaders and communicators particularly like chasing that platform mm-hmm. like man you got to stop yeah <laughs> Like, stop chasing a platform that wasn't built with you in mind. Yep. In the way that you think it it was built. Right. Like, that stage ain't built with equality and equity in mind. Right. It's built with you being the token and knowing your place in right. mind. And you being, like, constantly put in check for what you do, how you think, who you read, how you write, how you communicate. Right. And, and see, that's where I think that that, that last stage playing off the heroine's journey of integration of masculine and feminine, I think it's the, again, the, the integration of myself back into these places, but fully myself without having to constantly police my blackness Absolutely. in those spaces. Absolutely. That I'm able to reintegrate white spaces as my full self. Yep, yep, yep. Because you have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. Right. Like you, I, you have nothing to lose that you haven't already lost. Exactly, exactly. And this is where I think, to Richard Roy's point in his book, Falling Upward, that's the beginning of living in the second half of life and finding your true self. Mm-hmm. Like that's where the journey begins because you've had to deal with the first half of life and go through the, the cycle mm-hmm. to get to the place of now you're living a life of maturity and you're, you can really enjoy who you are and where you're going. Right. And everything else is minimized. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fall, Falling Upward by Richard Rohr is a book that changed my life mm-hmm. as I was on this journey in this cycle. Right. And I would a thousand percent recommend it and warn you that it's incredibly heady. Yeah. <laughs> get, the, get the devotion with it and, and process and go through that stuff. But it's so, it's so, it was so liberating. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that's what kept me progressing and marching forward right. is knowing that I'm I'm almost at the second half of life. Yeah. And I just turned 32 in April, yeah. April 5th, actually, mm-hmm. and feel like I can breathe. Right. Yeah. And so going to preach this week, I was unapologetically myself. Mm-hmm. No disclaimers. Not having a preface. Not having a preface, not having to soften my message. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, at one point in both services, I said, like, I have nothing to lose. Like, I, I have no ties to this church. <laughs> and I know that what I'm saying, like, even though your pastors might not agree with, or uh, might not be able to publicly affirm it, <laughs> but, but they're not going to disagree with what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Because the purpose of them bringing me in and this topic of going deeper with God is to challenge the norm and what we consider normative but it's actually dysfunction yeah and so so being able to and i think preaching this past week it was incredibly liberating Hmm. because i did not have that weight right see that's what it was like for me um without getting into all the long story and details but um the irony Mm -hmm. is that i'm gonna be preaching this message right we're recording this on Wednesday, April 28th. By the time you all yeah. hear this, it'll be the day after I've already yeah. preached the message. But the day that I'm preaching, May 2nd, is also the five-year anniversary of my first day at Watershed when I was there full-time. Ah, uh, gotcha. Right. So How, I, how ironic, full yeah, circle. I 
Exactly. Which those that know, know that I was there for 14 months. Then I was gone for 22 months. Yeah. Um, unemployed. But um, so I probably, I preached again there for the first time. It would have been March. Yeah, it would have been March. Mm-hmm. of 2018 because mm-hmm. I was like the week before Austin Channing Brown yep. came and preached one of the best sermons I've ever heard in my life yeah absolutely um but uh so yeah it was about 20 20 months 20 yeah, yeah 20 months between when I left there and when I came back and preached for the first time and took up this role as a yeah. as a teaching pastor that being said and to your point um like I, I integrated differently Ooh. having my yeah. full voice yep. with nothing to lose. There's nothing like being on the the upside of the cycle and going back and facing what traumatized you. Right. But then also not not in the negative. And not that not, that, not that negative place not, specifically and, and traumatized that, yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, thank you. But for like my that. whole journey through full time vocational exactly. ministry. That's, that's what I was referring to. Yep. Which most of the damage had been done before I even yep. came. Exactly. That's what I was referring to. At Watershed. Yeah. And even though there's some things that they did do, like one, they own those things. Absolutely. Um, which is rare. Which is why I'm I wouldn't be back there yep. in the role that I'm in if that hadn't happened. Yep. Um but also like when I came on staff, the book they had just finished reading, Falling Upward. Wow. Yeah. How ironic. Right. How ironic. Right. That's so, so good. One of the books that I was handed when I came on staff was like, you need to read this book. Yeah. Right. And so for me, going there helped me recognize it gave me it gave me um, language. Yeah, absolutely. For what I was experiencing and didn't even know I was experiencing yes. and didn't have yes. language for to articulate. Bingo. I didn't. I was so far into the deconstruction process without knowing it that bingo. I was already reconstructing. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say that 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 a lot of that happens early on when you're rediscovering your blackness, right? Um, or your feminine elements, right. or whatever it may be for you. But but and and this is is not and what I mean by that is not having the language and being frustrated with yourself that you can't communicate. Right, but those two things were going on at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Reconnecting with my my blackness, learning the full history of white supremacy and racism yep. and race as a construct, but then also the deconstruction, reconstruction of my faith. Like yep. those those things were happening parallel with each other. Yeah. And the beginnings of both, I didn't even realize at the time were happening. Mm, yeah. That's so good. But both were a pretty fairly smooth journey for me. The having to deal with basically going through <laughs> naming the ogres, yeah, naming the you know the dragons, and recognizing that the ogres and dragons oftentimes were people that I loved, yeah, and people I had community with. Yeah, man. That that was the hard part. That's that's the grief. That's the grief and agony. Yeah, and that's the that's the, the I think for me that's that's what took me the longest mm-hmm. is grieving a former employer for about two and a half years. Right. You know, because you you do see the potential. You love it. It changed you. It shaped you. Oh, it impacts potential. The security. Yeah, all the the package. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and then it, you know, 
over time, like you, you begin to redefine what's normal Mm -hmm. and, and you find your voice and you find who you are and Mm -hmm. man. And I think that's, that's what I hope people who have definitely been with us since day one. Yeah. I hope you're encouraging. You see that like in real, in real time, like that was, you know, whether it's me coming on and learning how to verbally process, Mm -hmm. you know, and and you pushed me to do that, you know, and being able to share our stories and our journeys and stuff. So, um, but yeah, this is so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Any final words? Thoughts? I'm just thinking. We're going to post a sermon. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll post your sermon and we'll post my, as bonus content. Where? And stuff. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, it it is, I mean, we love for y'all to see how we, Approach these from yeah. a from, from a church perspective, mm-hmm. um, and for some of you, I know some of you don't go to church, and this is spiritual food and nourishing for you. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll post post some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the 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 final thought that I have, and it's not even a fully formed and processed thought recognizing that a large part of our audience are white allies yeah. is thinking, okay, where do they fit within that journey? Yeah. And I would say this, it's not by being an ally to us, it's about going through those steps yourself. Yes, yes. Back to us, you can't avoid and it. And it's about you divesting of your whiteness. Yes, yes, yes. And we haven't even left enough time to unpack that. Yes. <laughs> yes, and we can't do it for you, right? We might be able to form some more thoughts around it. Maybe bringing a. I'm not saying we a, can't consult, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I ain't doing it for you, and I ain't doing it with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we might be able to bring on one of our trusted friends, yeah, to have that conversation with you know individuals who've already who've yeah yeah done that in the process of doing that yeah yeah i think that'd be great yeah yeah well friends it's been awesome Word. it's been I, great it's good to be back it's good to be chatting and chopping it up mm-hmm. um but yeah again thanks to you guys for listening make sure you go rate and review us and Fired the fire trucks back because we've been it's still hot fired. son we are still hot burning We're up the tracks hot. Yes, yes. So if you're not a Patreon, please check out our page. Support us if you can. Um, and again, follow us on Instagram. We've got a lot of content there. Some Fuego um, Negroes up in here. <laughs> some hot Negroes. <laughs> some hot Negroes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're on Instagram. Fire. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that stuff. So in the meantime...